Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row. It is Road Beers episode number five. Probably going to be the best one yet. Burn promises, Without question. promises not to sit there and think about old memories that have escaped his brain for long periods of the podcast. We took that note, right, Burn? You came ready to play this week? I don't even remember what happened last time, to be honest. <laughs> I don't even remember. There's Chives is with us. He's ready. Spencer Holbrook for some Chive buys. Uh, that's, of course, is Jeremy Birmingham, my buddy, up there still in quarantine. I am here in uh, my home office here in Columbus. Uh, we're all still going a little crazy. You know, how is your mental state uh, this week, Burn, as we are in quarantine week number 55? It's deteriorating um, quickly. Um, honestly, I just I, you start to run out of, like, things to occupy your day and your mind, you know, like – Especially right now, it was 75 degrees three days ago. Yesterday, it snowed. Tomorrow, we're supposed to get like four inches of snow. Um, and so, you can't go outside. You can't do anything. It's 32 degrees outside. And, um, there's no sports on TV. You can only play the same video game over and over again. You try to occupy yourself with work and family. But the reality is those things have, you know, only a limited window of time for each day. And then family wants makes you crazy so um <laughs> what do you do you just sit here you I, i've i've dove back into ozark dove dive dive into whatever you dive uh, i've been uh decided to get back into watching ozark so i watched the entire second season in the last two days and then uh, started on season three um you know just uh just living the dream <laughs> living the I've dream not- I've not seen Ozark. Everybody seems to be raving about it right now. I was like, that's the next thing that we should probably get into. What is it about Ozark that uh, is so enjoyable? It's like, it's like Breaking Bad, but um, in the mountains of, you know, Missouri. In the, in the Ozark. It, coincidentally, it's actually set in Lake Ozark. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Is that where they got um, the name? Yeah, that's my that's that's my understanding anyway. I don't I have not spoken to a showrunner about that, but I believe that's where they got the name. Very, um, yeah. Jason Bateman's you know it's one of those guys that people I think just like watching him act. He's he's exactly the same character in everything he's ever in, but he's like a relatable dude. I think um, he is no different uh, in this as he is in Arrested Development. Honestly, it's like. Well, that's what character. I don't understand. Like, I've heard – you've said that to me before. Like, how can a Bluth be in this, like, gritty – I don't because know. Because he's the same guy. Like, I just don't he, – he's the same guy in The Outsider on HBO. Was he, like, he, he doesn't have an ability to change who he is in my mind. So, like, he's always going to be Michael Bluth. And I just envision, like, picking up that character and putting him in different scenes, and that's funny to me. Um but no, it's it's entertaining. There's some really great secondary characters. Um, you know, when you're dealing with stuff like uh, the cartel and you know backwoods rednecks, uh, it's kind of fun. It's it's, a, it's an entertaining show. It's very well written. I would recommend it um, if you haven't watched it. But so and you you're an and you're an adult because it is not for chitlins. So you didn't. How many times have you watched Onward then in the last week? Uh, and that, actually, that has not been replayed in the last week. Um, Frozen 2 continues to be the every uh, morning 
wake up call for a second. I don't even understand it. I mean, like they're they're thirteen and ten. Like they shouldn't be. I mean, it's not like they're five years old. I, but I think at this point, the thirteen year old is putting it on in the morning because she knows it's driving me crazy. <laughs> so she just I mean, does that. I watch the full thing every morning. No, it's just on in the background. It's just like on, but I, they're not even watching it because I think it's being done solely for the fact that it's driving me up uh, a wall. That's pretty clever. I, you know, you got to give them, you guys have to tip your hat to that. Yeah, it's like a pretty classic troll job at this point. <laughs> Austin, Austin, this first drive by, we never do anything. Drive by. Knowing that we never do anything to Berm knowing that it just makes him mad, ever. Oh, I would, I would never dream of it. I want him to be uh, as happy as possible. At all times, that's what's most important to me. We just well, want to have this topic. We want to be very birth. clear for people out there. My name is Jeremy Birmingham. Okay, my nickname <laughs> is my Twitter handle. Things of that nature are Berm. I, I look good in that picture. Berm, B-I-R-M, because it is an abbreviated version of Birmingham. autocorrect takes berm and regularly makes it brim for people because berm is not a, a word that is in most people's phones. <laughs> However, and this is not exclusive to people on YouTube or people on Twitter. There are recruits who have said they couldn't find me in their phone because it's under brim and not berm. So, Please, and I even berm b e r m, which is the little patch of grass in the middle of the highway. Uh, that's not it either. It's berm b i r m, short for Birmingham, which is my last name. So <laughs> there is no reason to call me Brim. Chives, what is your favorite spelling of berm? I don't know. I I, I like I mean, the shit, we've seen we've seen Burns. Uh, <laughs> Burns. Bar- Mr. Burns is good. Barnes. Mr. Barnes. I don't uh, get it. I Barnes. challenge you, uh, loyal listeners uh, of Road Beers. What can what crazy spelling can you think up next to entertain us so that Chives and I can call Professor Bram by a new name? So what happens is that every time one of these. Uh, abominations of spelling make its way to the internet. I get a message in my inbox in Slack with a screenshot going, Hey Barnes, Hey Brim. (laughs) And they know what it's doing to me. And I'm in a very fragile state as it is. Well, hold on. Let's, it's not they, like this has been the one thing that Chives is actively leading by himself. You think you have, he is your nemesis on this front. I'm just wildly entertained by it. Yeah. Okay. Fine. It's a chive. It's a chive there's thing. A, there's a thing I've learned about about Burns, and I think it's that before I came along, there was only one person who like really poked the bear at all times, yeah. and it was Barn. Right. So now that Brim is not that alone, is pat, that is wildly inaccurate. To suggest really, that Mr. Ward does not poke the bear is ridiculous in its assertion. But a lot of times he's just laughing at everything and like then he plays off of it. So like you usually are like mm. the one 
who makes the dad joke or the pun and gets everything started. And now that like, that I get to be a part of that, I feel like it's like, really? Sometimes you just like, like, I want to be clear. I make dad jokes and puns because I freaking love them. Not because I'm trying to poke someone with them. I think there's a part I uh, will admit that I don't care that Austin hates them. <laughs> like, but I that think is I'm not, in the same. I think I'm that's in the not same. The same. There. That's think, not the same as me going. You know what? I'm doing this because Austin hates them. I'm doing it and saying I don't care that he hates them. I love it. I think. I think twenty percent of the time you do it because you know how much it irritates me. Yeah. And yeah. I. What I'm disturbed by most is that Chives will take that as encouragement from you. And I don't think, I don't believe that he would make nearly as many puns at his age if he didn't have your hilarious approval. Okay. This is where I will defend myself. I'm going to tell a story that I didn't think I'd ever tell. He's pretty corny, Austin. When I was in, when I was like 14 and 15 and I first got Instagram way back before I was even in high school, every Monday I would post a pun on Instagram and And hashtag it pun day. day. So I have been making puns far longer than I have known you guys. So this is not a berm driven uh, campaign for me. This is a, a lifelong uh, almost what can I say? I love for me to play, love puns. I love wordplay. You just happen, Austin. You just happen to help hire a second version of Berm in a sense where, like, I love puns. Well, I definitely was hoping that we would get a second Berm on the staff, and that was Obviously. that was certainly my goal. Yeah, there you go. You really. must have been one cool fourteen-year-old, like firing up that Instagram account just so you could make puns. I mean, I'll tell you this. I was six inches shorter than I am now, and I weighed the same as I do now. So, I mean, you can just imagine me as, like, this little stumpy 14-year-old who was the ball boy for the high school basketball team and, uh, you know, just, just played a bunch of basketball as this chunky little kid and, you know, hung out. So, yeah, that's what I was, and I loved puns. Becoming a North Carolina fan without ever having visited there, Man City, just finding as many bandwagons. Pittsburgh as Steelers. Oh yeah. For the record, out there, folks. Like uh, he won't even. Tra- he won't even engage on this. Tribes is dead. We've killed tribes. I've tribes. I have. Go ahead, tribes. Let's explain your fandom. My fandom. Okay, we'll go through my fandoms here, and then I don't know where this will take us. But my fandoms go. The first thing I ever wore in my entire life after I left the hospital was a Steelers onesie. So this was not a choice for me at all. This was a, I was born into a Steelers family. Everybody so, got a choice. Sounds like child abuse. <laughs> one of the other first things I ever wore was Ohio State stuff. So there's like another one off the list. And, Ohio you know, State I, I, football, I, not Ohio State basketball, obviously. Right. It was just Ohio State. I've, I'm starting to, you know, I, I've gotten away from that uh, as I've gotten this job. And, you know, you report on stuff and uh, – then in 2005, Illinois played against North Carolina in the national title game. My dad told me I was eight. So my dad was like, hey, Spencer, we need to root for the Big Ten. Because, uh, you know, you just root for the Big Ten in the national title game. And I was like, hey, I'm going to be this rebellious eight-year-old and root for North Carolina. And so after that, I was in North Why Carolina. Why didn't you rebel against the Steelers? Because the Steelers were winning. I was six when they dropped. I was seven I when they dropped. For your sake, that you had never said that because you just admitted that all of this is is partially related to the bandwagon. 
and it's well, on could, and now it's being recorded spencer oh, like we now was, have proof no i was but listen i was seven when they drafted ben roethlisberger my first ever steelers memory was them getting beat are you suggesting game. are you suggesting that illinois wasn't winning because they were the number one ranked team in the country that entire year it was just a certain thing where like my dad was like oh man we really got to pull hard for the big 10 and i was like i'm gonna rebel this one time and like i it's more of like a loose just like oh north carolina won that's nice it's not like a crazy like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stand up in the middle of a crowd and like go crazy if north carolina wins a basketball game in the ncaa tournament or something who would ever so do like, that yeah i know Listen, so like i'm not gonna if do you're, that if you're covering if you're covering ohio state game you're not gonna stand up and like watch the north carolina game in the media workroom and like cheer when a basket goes up <laughs> no What's no, the point I'm, of even saying? What's the point of even saying you're a Carolina fan then? But like on my phone, I have the settings to where on the ESPN notifications, like if North Carolina is playing and it's a close game, I get a notification, and then it's like, oh, I'll flip it on. There's four minutes to go, and they're up three. But you'll still have State. Oasis playing in your AirPods. I do like Oasis. Yeah, there's a fandom that we can talk about. I know um, you guys okay, love talking so let's, about let's that. Let's keep going. So, Boy, would uh, you like to? Because that was an interesting so, night. So there's the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's the North Carolina Tar Heels. Manchester here, here, City. Can I can I just say one more thing about the Steelers? Like, I live. I wish you would. I I grew up two hours from Detroit. I grew up two hours and fifteen minutes from Cleveland. I grew up two hours from Cincinnati, and then I only grew up like three and a half hours from Pittsburgh. So it's not like it's crazy. It's, it's like the furthest one away. The one the the thing about where I live and where I grew up is like there are Colts fans because it's three and a half hours away. There are Lions fans. There are Steelers fans. There are Browns fans. There are Bengals fans because I live in this little area where, like, you're close to all of those teams. It's not, like, the craziest thing. There are a lot of Steelers fans where I'm from. All right, so – but you are now a passionate Blue Jackets fan like I am. But did you grow up cheering for the Red Wings or the Penguins? No. Red but Wings it, it's, it's, it's a little different because the Jackets first came to Columbus. I think I was four. So, like, my first ever hockey memory is, like, 2002 or 2003 going to a Blue Jackets game with my dad. So, like, I have a connection there to the Blue Jackets – to where, like, I, that's my team based on that fact. Wow, you didn't just pick the team they were playing that day just to be a rebel? Basically, every team that I have that I root for is a product of my dad and I bonding over a certain team. So I became a Red Wings fan uh, because I didn't like hockey. And one of my good friends, his name is Luke Smith, uh, was a big hockey fan. And we, were, we used to play the NHL game all the time on Sega Genesis back in the day. I bet and I've never even played a Sega Genesis. So I have. We, just, we decided one evening that I needed to adopt a hockey team. And so what Luke did is he put all the hockey teams in the league in a hat and made me draw a team. And I drew the Red Wings and then found out later that he put only the Red Wings in the hat <laughs> like a dick. So uh, that's how I became a Red Wings fan. I am now, I would say, more of a Blue Jackets fan than a Red Wings fan just because I tend to gravitate towards things from uh, the greatest state in America, which is Ohio, obviously. Um, and uh, so, like, I'm a Bengals fan and a Reds fan, even though I grew up in Toledo, but I'm not a Lions or a Browns fan. And they're the furthest one away, but that's because my brother was, like, everything he did, I did. So it was the only one that made sense, although he was a Lakers fan for some reason, and a Flyers fan. I got, my, family's, my family's all over the map, though. We got Oilers fans, Dolphins fans, Seahawks fans, Raiders fans, Vikings fans. Like, it's 
pretty crazy. I will say that Chives, and, and he has obviously had this conversation with me numerous times, he at least has passionate justification for it. I used to work with somebody in Tennessee who was a uh, – he was a uh, – what was he? He was a Yankees fan, a Celtics fan, and a Cowboys fan. And I'm, I'm not making that up. That was the most bizarre – yeah, my, my father is a Yankees fan, Celtics fan, Raiders fan, because how can, they – How can you even do that? New York and Boston, you know, even if you're do, doing different sports, it's such a massive rivalry just between the cities. I just I, – how could you – Well, even I mean, my dad grew up in the 50s and 60s. There wasn't a whole lot of other options. Um, but I, he grew up a, a fan of Mickey Mantle and then uh, the Celtics, I guess, because – I don't know why. They were, because they won like every championship in the 1960s, right? So I'm sure there was a lot of fans born then. And the Raiders were the, you know, the bad boy of football. Right. Bad boys. Bad boys. Bad boys. Yeah. Uh, so like, so I kind of have a similar thing. My grandpa is a diehard Cleveland sports fan, except for he's he loves the Celtics. And the only reason he loves the Celtics is because he is Larry Bird everything he loves Larry Bird and so I kind of get that berm you, you gotta you know if, if you know those older people if they if they like you know the olds he, he likes Larry Bird and so he does he's not a Cavs fan he doesn't care about the Cavs at all so every once in a while he'll watch a Celtics game which I don't know why he'd watch the NBA anyways I was an NBA fan back in the early 90s and followed them because of Michael Jordan or followed the Bulls and then I became a LeBron fan and so then I kind of liked whatever team LeBron was on but I've never been able to convince myself that I had to watch an NBA game that didn't uh, – that wasn't either in the last two minutes of the game or wasn't being played in the playoffs. Like the people who watch regular season NBA basketball, that is a phenomenon and a obsession that I cannot come to terms with. Yeah, there are some, some people on the Ohio State beat who do religiously follow the NBA and, uh, you know, one, the Lakers in particular, and it's just – I, I can't understand it. And it that was the best part of our entire Fiesta Bowl trip was <laughs> making fun of Patrick Murphy watching the Lakers while we were playing Euchre. Dan, remember when there were live sports? That was amazing. Um, I think that's what got us off on this, this tangent in the first place. But um, you said there are none on right now, Berman. That's not true because just – Oh, there's eSports. Well, uh, last, in the last week I've watched uh, three different – Belarus Premier League soccer games. Great live sports going on. Uh, definitely didn't gamble on that. No, no way. Don't look into that. Um, there's been um, Ukrainian table tennis still going on. Live streams. Very entertaining sport there. This is when you mo- probably miss curling the most, isn't it? It is when I, I do miss curling very much. And uh, it's sad that even a sport like that, you can't. Uh, the season would be over right now. The ice is gone at the Columbus Curling Club. Uh, I'm very fortunate that the golf courses, as I said last week, have stayed open. That's not been- here in Michigan. We're not allowed. That's well. Just go. But here's the thing: I'm not going to talk about soccer with you two because I know I'm going to be outnumbered because you both like it for some reason. But I don't consider Ukraine or Belarus soccer to be a live sporting event. I would rather watch onward. Or Frozen 2. But why? Oh, because you don't gamble and because you don't understand soccer. Boo. Keep Berm, you should. Berm, you should. And also because dogs can play soccer. Berm, 
You, Air, they, can, they can. Airbud they played can, basketball. What's your point? Airbud's not a real dog. I mean, he is a real dog, but he didn't really play basketball. Dogs can fundamentally understand the rules of soccer, which is push a ball into a basket. They can do it. I've seen it. I've watched puppy bowl many times. They get it. They get the idea. And to me, that says puppy bowl is football. That's not. They're not picking it up. They're not passing the ball. All they're doing is running it and putting it in over Look, a line. Give them a hundred more years, and they'll they'll evolve and embrace the forward pass. If the game doesn't require opposable thumbs, to me, it's not complex enough. It's like it's like watching the Michigan Iowa game from last. People year. can play soccer without thumbs. They'd be really terrible at throw-ins. Well, maybe they don't have to be the guy that does the throw-ins. But you're hard. You can up bounce it off your head. You're hard, up, you're hard up for live sports, Berm. So, like, this is your opportunity to get into soccer. It's one of the few things we have right now. You know, the, the irony, of course, is that FIFA is one of my favorite video games of all time. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy it more than any other sports game. Uh, the games that I find, like, hockey and soccer are the best video sports games there are. And I don't particularly care for soccer in real life, but I really enjoy the game. It's like strawberries. I don't like strawberries, really, but I love strawberry-like filling and like a toaster strudel, you know? Strawberry toaster strudels are the best. I, was, I wasn't supposed to bring Allie back into the conversation this week, but she always complains. if She, like, she will eat real cherries, but she hates cherry flavoring. It's so like I'll get, you know, Code Red or Cherry Zero, you know, a little CZ action. She's like, oh, why did you get that cherry? And like, you like cherries. No, cherry flavoring's not good. Uh, that's a great alley impression. That's what my wife sounds like right now. <laughs> <laughs> but not the best impression I've heard. No, no, it's that was that was my bobcat for you. Um, anyway, I don't know what got me onto that, but it's weird. It's weird how people's uh, taste buds work. Like Chives still eats Skyline. Did you have it last week, Chives? I did not because of the quarantine. I have not gotten over there. Um, there are a lot of places that I haven't gotten during the quarantine that I thought I would order like takeout from. Like DoorDash does a lot of sales right now with free delivery and like no fee if you spend more than $15. And so like, you know, I should be supporting my local skyline, but, but at the same time, I don't know. Oh my gosh, that's a great picture. Uh, you just cut me off with that, man. You got to yeah. talk about that. So look at this. Which, which shoulder is it? Look at our guy, Zach Boren, here. So this is why, like, I miss sports so much. And last year, the playoff in the sweep was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had as a sports fan. I've been waiting, you know, not as long as everyone who's been fans of this franchise. Even Chives has been following them a lot longer than me since I moved here in 2012. But uh, being a, a, a season ticket holder and going through all the, you know, seeing some pretty bad hockey after I moved here and watched them, like, was one of the most gratifying things. And Zach Bourne there has been a fan for a long time and his company is a big supporter. They sponsor the, you know, the on ice girls. That is just the most Zach Bourne photo I think that ever has existed. And it's making its way around. He's having to defend himself. Like, Oh, you're really looking sober. And he says that's the only beer he had that night. And there's no way that that can possibly be true. Yeah, I doubt that. I and, mean, maybe that's the only brand of beer he had that night. That, that could be true. I had probably 25 beers that night, uh, and I, I would have more if I could have. It was so incredible. Do you, 
Zach Warren, we talked about this briefly before we started recording. He's a guy I really want to get on this show because I think people would enjoy just listening to him talk. Like some of the stories that we've heard from Zach in the last year and a half are absolutely ridiculous. Um, but <laughs> some like, of them can't be recorded, Burn. Sure, but uh, the fact some that he can. was like the fact that he was like the Columbus Bachelor is great. Yeah. Um, the fact that he's been now applied apparently by his buddies for Love is Blind season two on Netflix um, is great. I hope that pans out more than it. I actually hope that happens more than Sports Return. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I told you I'm, the, my mental state is decaying rapidly. That's where I'm at. All I care about now is what I can binge on Netflix. So you're just you're going to shift from covering recruiting to covering Zach Bourne on Love is Blind? I'm going to cover anyone on Love is Blind. <laughs> I just I just hope he's on it because it's a good opportunity to to get my foot in the Love is Blind coverage door. So he he counts as one of uh, my favorite personalities that I've ever covered <laughs> in Ohio State. And you know people ask somebody asked me that um, this week for question of the day, and I went with Cardale Jones. I'm curious. Spencer's only been well, doing. Cardale has me blocked on Twitter for some reason, so I'm still not sure exactly how uh, I could say him. Although I do, I have always enjoyed Cardell's personality on camera and off. He's extremely affable and genuine. Tyvis I didn't Powell, think you were going to pick Cardale. Tyvis Powell is probably up there. Um, I always really enjoyed Pat Elfline as a interview. I thought he was just one of the more like um, thoughtful and like it, but also entertaining interviewers. But, I mean, how do you break this down? I mean, how do you say uh, – is it, like, only who you enjoyed covering or who you – Well, I think that was what made it such a good question, and it's better to probably dive into it in this setting than the question of the day because I tried to just incorporate everything. Like, Cardale's story is so unique and never really going to be duplicated with a third-string quarterback – when he was yeah. making his first starts and winning three postseason games. That's never, ever going to happen again. And then the offseason, you know, the, the tweets and, and his personality and, and everything rolled into one. Some of it obviously extends beyond Ohio State, but that's, that's sort of why I went that direction with him. But, you know, if you're talking about, like, the best overall athlete that, you know, we've covered, then we're talking about bringing in Chase Young in that conversation. Exactly. Uh, Miller, yeah. Zeke, you know, we've, we've been fortunate, obviously, covering Ohio State to be around some of the best, you know, athletes that the sport has produced. Um, I was one of the few people, I think, that had any kind of productive professional relationship with Mike Thomas when he was here. He did not have a lot of uh, – didn't like to open up much and didn't really have that much support. He had a unique run in Columbus, especially after that uh, second year. Sure sophomore year, yeah. So a lot of people turned on him then and uh, – you know, so you put him in that mix. Guys that are just, like, great interviews, like Tyvis, like, he never became a, a real star at the next level. Um, but you could go to him or Josh Perry in 2014 for, for great insight and some entertaining, you know, quotes. Uh, Billy Price. Um, See, for me, it all goes back to the 2011 class because that's when I really started, like, discovering Twitter. It's when I started not just – uh, caring about recruiting from on the periphery, but also being involved and talking to kids and getting to know them, even though they were uh, really 
when I started in this business in 2011, the first recruiting interview I ever did was Billy Price, as I mentioned to, to, in our Slack the other day. So Billy was like kind of always one of my favorites. And plus he became so good with the media and dealing with the media that I give myself credit for that. Um, even though I definitely did you, shouldn't. Did you tell him that he needed to clap back at Twitter on the, when he was, when people were like Billy Price missed a block and he would get on there and tell people to stay in their lane. I would never tell anyone what to do. Uh, <laughs> let's be very clear. Uh, Burn. That group. Yes. Yes. Chives. Chives. Can, can I tell a quick story about Billy Price that I absolutely tell everybody I ever talked about Billy Price. I mean, why can't you? This is a show okay. where you can say whatever you want to say. So I got free tickets to the Ohio State-Michigan State game, the rain game, the, the one that everyone wants to forget about that's, that's Ohio State fans. Um, 2015, right? Yeah, so I, I had free tickets to that game. So I went up the night before and went uh, on High Street and uh, woke up the next day at like 3 in the morning, went and got in line to get to game day because I had never been. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I was just excited to be there. Um, so – I'm standing there with my friend in line to get into game day. It's like 6.30 in the morning. Uh, I was really tired. And I'm just like talking about the team in general. And remember, Billy Price, that was not his banner season. Um, he was probably the, one of the weaker links on that, that offensive line. And uh, I was like, man, Billy Price, just that guy, he can't do anything on the offensive line. Like if they just had somebody to replace him, he would be great. And then some guy taps me on the shoulder. And I turn around, and he's wearing a Billy Price jersey. And I was like, can I help you? And he's like, hey, uh, you might want to stop. And I was like, why? He's like, that's my roommate and my best friend. And he was freaking huge. Like, this guy was massive. And he just, like, stared at me. And I found a new place in line because I was afraid of that guy. Good idea. So I, so I learned never to, to say anything bad about Billy Price in my Who life. Who knows, Spencer? Maybe, maybe it was your prodding and poking that turned him into a Remington Award winner the next year. I just always think that's hilarious because like – Maybe it was you who did it. It was not a good season for him. And then he ends up winning the Remington Trophy, and I'm like, man, he really progressed. But it just it makes me laugh every time I hear his name. Wait, who else were they going to put out there for one? And for two, he didn't have a bad season. It's not like he was the reason that the offense was dysfunctional. No, I was just a, 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 a viewer of the oh, game who Josh. was like, oh, man, like, you know. Listen, you were an 18-year-old. You didn't know what you were talking about. Let's just move I was on. I was 19. I just had Billy in Price. In October of 2015? No, it was November. That game was right before okay. the Michigan game. So November 2015, you were 19? I had just – November of 2015. Oh, boy. Now we found our great lag in the show. Last week, it's Berm's memory. Point is, the met. point is – you're wrong. He did not have a bad year. He struggled very, very much in the beginning of 2014 as a true, as a, as a redshirt freshman who just made the move over from the defensive line to the offensive line. I think Billy will acknowledge that he struggled that year. Uh, 2015 was a disaster for the Ohio State offense in so many ways, and none of them were because of the offensive line or the running back or the. No, I don't. I. If I would look back on it and watch every game, I'd be like, man, why the hell did I say that about Billy Price? Yes. But for some yes. reason, that day <laughs> – But at that the time, day, you were a dumb 18- or 19-year-old who was prone to emotional outbursts and had spent the night before drinking on High Street. I get it. 
Yeah. What is your mistakes? How did you acquire alcohol, Chives? You were you were under the drinking age. I don't know, man. It's a wild shenanigans. ride. Shenanigans. Wow. Point is, what, where were we? I'm talking about that class, the 2011 class. That was obviously in the middle of uh, not the Billy Price was in the 2011 class, but that's when I started talking to him. The 2011 class with Tyvis and Josh Perry and Pat Elfline, those guys um, were right at the beginning, really, of when Twitter started to take off. And so that group became very intrinsically involved with uh, fans and media on Twitter and being involved in helping promote this synergy in the uh, program when Jim Trussell was fired and there was all this confusion. So I always look back at that group as sort of very important in the big picture of Ohio state football, even if they weren't even guys like Tyvis, who sure he was a multi-year starter and, you know, back bounce around the NFL. But Mm -hmm. uh, I think his place in, in the big picture of Ohio state football is different than people even think because of the value that he, guys like him and Pat Elfine and Josh Perry had when guys like Kyle Kalis were jumping ship and committing to Michigan instead of Ohio State. Um, now, does that mean that they're my favorite guys to interview? No, but they were, they were all kind of up there because those relationships were formed pretty early. Um, but there have been so many. And that's we talked about this so many times, but – just the overall quality of the kids that are at Ohio State is so good right now that it's hard to pick one guy. I mean, I'm not I'm trying to kiss his butt since he was on Buck IQ this week, but Sam Hubbard, I mean, again, just those kids in the 2014 class, Johnny Dixon, Terry McLaurin is one of my favorite people I've come across in, in this business. And um, Stephen Collier is one of my all-time favorites. And I know, again, it doesn't matter to me if these kids made a big splash at Ohio State or if they didn't, like, they're just great people and kids that were always open and honest and willing to talk. And, you know, I think that it changed, I think it changed the entire culture at Ohio state for the better for us now in a way that we will never really truly appreciate. Yeah. I I think that that's, I can't even really relate to a lot of the stories that people tell from before I got to this beat and, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, they dealt with certainly, I mean, Tim's, Tim May's recollections are completely different and span all these eras, but even the immediate predecessors with um, covering the Trestle era and whatever happened in, in 11, yeah. that was right before I got here. Like the first year I was covering Ohio State, you had, you know, Zach was a cap, Zach Warren was a captain of that team. And I, you know, John Simon and those kids like yeah. that, like they're just great kids. Well, I don't. I mean, John Simon never made things very easy for me <laughs> personally. Um, and there aren't a lot of people that are as prickly with the media still on this roster as the way John Simon was. And I, uh, I've i got some some scars from that. But he was one of the most phenomenal players to, to cover um, on the field, which is the same, the same is true for Braxton. Like, you almost never see somebody with his physical ability um, combined with his sort of disdain for – for making public appearances and talking to the media. That was such a, a weird juxtaposition is he could have really taken his fame to another level, I think, and he, and he chose not to, which is his decision. And, you know, he's embraced social media now and all that and good for him, but um, it just never, that connection never really panned out, at least for me personally. And, they, and that, that obviously doesn't matter to him, but if I'm, put, if I'm making a list, 
that would, that's why he would be on a different list as the best athletes I've covered, but not my favorite ones that have been at Ohio State because right. he wouldn't sniff that at all. Chives, from your one season, who would you pick from last year? Uh, I just – I don't know. You guys helped me out a lot with that because you guys had a good relationship with him. But, like, just after practice, talking to Chase, like, being out, knowing the persona around him and how great he truly is at what he does and then just being able to have normal conversation with him yeah. and, and just stand there. And then he's just like, you know, he was, just, you know, one of the guys. And, like, it's so cool to see his personality um, – and then you watch him on the field and it's like completely different because he's a predator, you know, crazy athlete, freak, get to the quarterback. And then you get him off the field and he's just like, you know, I'm just having a good time, you know. And he's like such a, a relaxed guy. I don't know. He's just a lot of fun to cover. Um, I'm avoiding know, he, talking about current players. And not, I guess Chase is not a current player anymore. But, I mean, Jonathan Cooper is an absolute oh, yeah. delight yeah. as a person. Cooper's great. And he has been since 2014 when I met him. I mean, he, he's just one of those kids that's never changed. And I think that, to me, the ultimate test of who someone is was when they get, to, when they get put on this stage, right, that these kids are on. And they get put on this pedestal by the whole world. And then they don't change. They don't let it sour them. They don't let that uh, attention um, – frustrate them or, or make them a different bitter person because they're, they're no longer allowed to be a private person. Um, and that to me, that's Jonathan Cooper, Terry McLaurin. Those kids are like the exemplification of that because they're just exactly who they were. And to me, like you see it, you guys don't see it. I see it when I'm in, in the recruiting process, you see kids all the time. When I say you, I mean the, the Royal you who are one way at the, at the beginning of the process. And by the time they sign somewhere are completely different because they've let the attention and the fame and the notoriety take over who they were. And when you see kids that don't allow that, it makes such a huge difference to me in like the long-term big, big picture scope of who they are, because ultimately football is an avenue and an outlet for these kids to get where they're going, but it doesn't need to change who you are as a, as a real person. And so Cooper and Cooper is the same way. If we're interviewing him publicly, if you're talking to him privately, if he's on the sideline, if he's on the, like, I just think that's so cool to see. So if we're talking, he would be in that list for me for sure. I think, I think the other one that I really enjoyed talking to just, just through the season was, was Brandon Bowen. I don't, I don't know. He's always insightful when you talk to him and then, you know, you get a couple questions away from the rest of the media and he's just super nice and, and always, you know, willing to answer questions. And then we had him on Letterman Live a few weeks ago and, and he was just great. I really enjoyed my interactions with him. Uh, I'm really hoping he has a – he gets a chance in the NFL because I hate that he didn't get invited to the Combine. Well, offensive linemen throughout my career, whether it's at Ohio State, uh, when I covered Tennessee, even going back to, you know, starting at Wyoming, if you want information about football, offensive linemen are the smartest people on the team – They've got the most – they generally have the most engaging personalities. Um, they – if you want insight, that's where you go. Like I said, I talked to Billy Price yesterday for some Buckeye cues that are coming out, and it's still like he is telling you things about the game that, you know, I could never hope to understand. That's why I've always sought them out. That started, you know, Reed Fragle, Corey Lindsley, Taylor Decker. You know, I've been really – I've been fortunate to be around some guys who uh, – 
not only understand the game at a really high level, but also uh, like to talk about it and explain it to people like me who don't, because I'll never, ever, ever be able to break down the X's and O's at, at even, you know, higher than an amateur level and not at the NFL level that these guys like Billy and Pat Elfline and, you know, someday, you know, Brandon Bow and Jonah Jackson, um, Josh Myers, Wyatt Davis next year. Like that's not – those guys all – like to do it and they're such engaging personalities that's if I ever gave one tip to somebody you know like Spencer getting started here you you got to strike up a relationship and seek out those offensive linemen if you want to understand what's going on with a team and what's going on with a game because they are the ones that are going to help you the most by far well, like like I talked to Gavin Cup for 10 minutes after practice one day about nothing for any story. I, you know, we've, we've gotten to talk to Paris a lot. I'm excited to be able to cover Paris for the next few years because she's just a really nice kid to cover. Um, and then you go into guys like Luke Whipler, like the guys that they're recruiting even now, like you keep talking about like the relationships you have with past players, but like the relationships that, you know, we've already built a little bit, but we get to just talk to these guys for the next few years. It's going to be a lot of fun to cover these offensive linemen because they, like you said, they're just so smart. They are. Firm, you're not drinking beer back there, huh? Now I'm taking a, a week off of beer, uh, and that is a week with no beer. Yeah, uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, number one, I haven't left the house uh, <laughs> in a week, and um, while well, we ran out, um, so I haven't made the run. But number two, I'm just trying to balance it out because the quarantine has turned um, it's turned into a bit of <laughs> bit of a rough patch. Um, so this week, uh, if if I'm drinking, it's over there. Uh, so make maker, four, maker forty six, um, my my preferred um, bourbon of choice. Uh, I'll get back me. on the beer. I'll get back on the beer wagon next week. I know Chives ventured out uh, last night and hit up our spot, Kenny Road Market. Chives, what'd you get? I got the Mad Tree Soul Drifter. It's a strawberry Blondale. Um, it's not what I thought it was, but it's still pretty good. It's one of the hoppiest Blondales I've had. So I think you would like it, Austin. And then I walked by this white and orange can, and I was like, well, that's interesting. It's from Winding Path Brewing Company. I had never heard of it. I stumped Austin because I think you've had, what, 4,000 beers, and you've never heard of it? I, I had never even heard of the brewery, let alone the beer. Yeah, that's correct. So it's from Pennsylvania. I asked the guy at Kenny Road Market. He said they're just now starting to get it, and I hope they get more because the Peaches and Cream IPA is fantastic. I think it's one that Austin's going to have to pick up. Uh, Berm, maybe we'll try and save you one. It sounds good. That sounds like there's something right up my alley. Um, so, yeah, it's great. Uh, so those are my two beers of choice. And then I continue to mix in. I know it's, a, it's not really a, a craft beer anymore, but – if you've never had 21st Amendment Hell or High Watermelon, like as just a sipping beer, just to hang out, and it gets better in the summer, but like that is incredible. Like that is such a good beer. So those are my like three beers I've been working on. Well, we're going to need it to stop snowing in, in uh, Ohio and Michigan for uh, to really get into something like that, a little fruity, fruity lager. Yeah, I generally start the summer drinking with just a, a 12 Oberon with Bell's Oberon, which uh, is one of my favorite, you know, most consistent session beers in the summer but i haven't bought the first case of oberon yet because it's 30 <laughs> degrees outside and i refuse to do it until i know that like winter's over yeah um, it's not the same to just have an oberon in your house and then look no, out you got to have it out back yeah it has to be on the patio 
for the golf course, which I'm not allowed to go to. Well, so what would happen for you? Because you are, for people that haven't picked up on this before, you're one mile over the border. Mm -hmm. So if you played golf in Toledo, because there are courses, but would you be like, you have to, isn't there some sort of, there are some places places that are checking IDs. And if you have a Michigan ID, then they're not letting you play. Okay. So you can't, it's that bizarre. All right. That's how it always should be. Right. (laughs) If you want to golf here, you should live here. You guys preach. I'm hanging up. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to do something really uh, like, so uh, my wife has been on furlough. She's been doing, she's been a saint with my daughter all week. Uh, our daughter, I guess I should say. Um, yeah, it's hers too, right? Yeah, it is hers too uh, with Liberty. And, you know, it's, it's been, it's been hard, obviously. She, I think, think she thought it would be more fun but i've had to do a ton of work this week as we you know try to keep the coverage going at letterman row so we can't really go you know anywhere there's breweries we can go pick up stuff so we're just going to get in the car and we're going to drive to yellow springs brewery one of the best uh it didn't make the top four list but as chives can attest um i know for sure that he can one of the best in ohio it's gonna be like an hour drive and we'll just we'll place an order do some carry out from Yellow Springs and then hit that up for some home beers tonight. Is that the one in Jackson? No, it's in uh, Yellow Springs. Oh. Hey, Ras- Raspberry Is that Spring or Austin? The, Is that the where they got the Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really, they really got creative with it. Really ventured out. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dave Chappelle's favorite spot. Yeah, that that Raspberry Springer beer is fantastic. I will plug that any day of the week. So All right, so I'll be enjoy. Pick a six pack of that up. Uh, as we all try to survive here with uh, little road beers and show road beers. What do you got, bro? Uh, Chavarino, did you start the MCU or not? Oh, yeah. Got to get that update. Uh, I have not because I'm – because okay, so here, here's why. I'll tell oh, you why. God. It's actually a good reason. So I want to watch them all with uh, my girlfriend. And she is out of town all week babysitting her nephew while her sister is on – zoom calls for nine hours a day because she has a job where she has to be on she works with kids um so she has to be on a zoom call with kids nine hours a day she can't watch her son while she does that because he usually goes to daycare so Corey is babysitting every day this week for nine hours a day and so she is not in columbus she is back home with her family doing that and i want to watch them with her so i have waited and i will start them next week once she gets back so we can watch them together you could have watched them all the first time by yourself and then be been prepared for round two next week. Right. Because you're going to have to explain what's going on in a lot of cases. How can you do that? If you've not, Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. Um, that feels like a good place to end it. We were going to do it. But like now we had to end on a disappointing note that, that chives just lets you down Barm. Watch Ozark Austin. Okay, we've got when, when you guys get back from Yellow Springs, watch the first couple episodes of, of Ozark. Dive into it. You'll like it. I'm not Oh, don't forget if you've got names for Brim, send them in. There's a good if reason. You have if you have methods of disposing of, of a body for Spencer, send those in as well. Just cover <laughs> me in sardine oil, Brim. <laughs> I have to go.
All right. I have a very important interview today. Goodbye. Five episodes of Road Beers Down. We thank you for making it this far if you did. Uh, if not, we'll try and do better for you with episode six next week as we survive the quarantine and continue to provide some coverage. Watch it or don't. We don't we we're we're here for us, not you. We're gonna do it anyway, just to just to stay sane, but we hope that you found some enjoyment if you did make it to the end of episode five. Thank you. I'm Austin Ward. Uh, Spencer Holbrook chives down there helping us out producing and my buddy Jeremy Birmingham staying safe in his quarantine. We will see you next time at Letterman Row. Bye-bye.